live from New Orleans. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 90. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's what up? up, Brandon? What up, what up? How you doing, Josh Dorkin? I'm good. I'm good, man. This is uh this is a, a new format for us this week. Yeah, this show is kind of cool, a little bit different. I think people are gonna like it. I do. I do too. I do too. I do too. Yeah. So uh quick heads up, everybody. This show is a live show. Uh we've got three guests coming to you, and you'll get to meet them all shortly. But Brandon and I were at a conference in New Orleans called FinCon, the financial blogger conference. And uh we did a a live on air podcast uh, at the at the show, and uh, what you're going to hear today is that podcast. So uh, you know, definitely check it out. There's some some good stuff in there, and and we hope you like it. So listen up. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. All right, well, let us get to the show. And today's show is another newbie podcast. In other words, the people on the show uh, we interviewed at FinCon, like we said earlier, and these people are all 
new to real estate investing. They haven't they haven't done dozens and dozens of deals. They're all on their first or maybe second uh, or third deal, but they're all just getting started. Uh, and so they have some really, really good insight into kind of how to get going. So yeah, definitely check it out. So uh, I think you guys are going to like this interview. So uh, let me go ahead and hit the play button here and you guys uh, sit back and enjoy this interview with three newbie real estate investors. This is the Bigger Pockets podcast. Coming to you live from the country financial stage here at FinCon 2014. Woo-hoo! Yeah. I am very yeah. excited to be here with Woo. my fabulous, fabulous co-host, the man, the myth, the Sasquatch, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's going on, Brandon? Woo! Hey, how you guys all doing today? He is pretty tall, so I... Woo! Call him the Sasquatch. That was actually my nickname in high school was the Sasquatch. Like, that's what we actually, uh, all my friends called me. So, I don't know. I wasn't hairy, though, but I was tall. You're you're pretty hairy. Nasty. I am a little hairy now. Yes, you are. Was it the Sasquatch? Like, the? You had the? No, it was just Sasquatch. Oh, just, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I didn't need the the before it. All right, fair enough. Sasquatch. Anyway, hey, everyone's probably wondering, listening to this right now, what the heck is this? This is really different from usual. Josh, you want to explain? Yes, so we are here at FinCon. FinCon is the financial blogger conference. Lots of amazing financial bloggers that are applauding us right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, these guys are the elite, the best of the best, the financial gurus. Oh. <laughs> Now these yeah, are the these G-word. are amazing, amazing writers and, and folks in the uh, financial community, and so we're here at a conference of uh, financial bloggers, and we're really excited. And, and three of these guys are active real well, have done real estate investments and are are all semi-active in, yeah. in uh, investing. So we're we're here to, uh, yeah, no, you can't say that. Okay. Um, and so we're all here to talk about real estate. So anyway, we've got Brandon, we got me. We've got, to my right, we've got Matt from New Jersey. We've got Romeo from Detroit. If anybody's a listener of our podcast, you you know that Romeo's about to get it. Okay? Because Detroit, yeah, yeah, trouble. And then we got Casey right next to uh, Romeo there. And Casey is up in the Rochester, upstate New York area. Yes. And uh, all these guys are out there investing in real estate. So... Today's show is going to be a little different, but why don't we uh, why don't we get to it, man? Do we have, do actually do we have do we have a quick tip? All right, our quick tip for today is actually very very simple. It's simply check out the show notes, which you can get at. And I'm gonna have to dub this in later. You can get at biggerpockets.com/show whatever show number it is. So definitely check out the show notes today because I'm gonna have links to all these guys' websites and all their good stuff. So want to check them out. So we're gonna have a good time. And uh, this is a newbie podcast. I mean. These guys, some of them have been doing this a little bit of time, but uh, this is our third newbie podcast. These guys are not, haven't been doing it for 20 years. They don't have 100, 200, 300 properties. Uh, they're Definitely all just getting not. started. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to actually talk to all of them today, interview them one at a time, and uh, explore how they got started and how uh, they got their first investment. Nice, nice. All right, so let's get this thing going. To my right, we've got Mr. Matt from Jersey. Of course, you guys know I'm a New Yorker, so Jersey is our toilet bowl. <laughs> Um, That's fair enough. That is fair enough. Yeah. So, so let's let's see how this thing goes, man. Matt, yeah. How did you get going? You 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 decided one day I'm gonna be a real estate investor, and you bought a condo, correct? Yeah, I decided one day that I wanted to own a condo, and then I became a real estate investor by default because of the 2008 crash. Nice. How so? 
All right, so I bought uh, on October 8th. I closed on October 8th of 2008. Oh. Yeah. Like, it was like the roller coaster, like, going over the edge. Like, I think it was, like, literally I closed on Black Monday. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good. So, uh, that, that couldn't have felt too good. Yeah, so I, I basically bought at the peak. Okay. And it was a brand new condo, so, they, I, like, I watched it be built. And this was for you to live in? This was for me to live okay. in, which I did for five years. Okay. And then uh, I wanted to start my own business, and I decided to leave. I could not sell it, okay. so I decided to rent it out. And okay. I've been renting it for two years now. So... You bought a condo to live in. Yes. The market hits the skids. You're stuck with this thing for five years at just living in it, and now you decide to rent it out. So what are you thinking? Like, what goes through your mind? Oh, my God, how do I find a tenant? What, you know, what, what's kind of, what's happening? Yeah, so actually the easiest part was finding a tenant. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so. I, uh, so I have a friend who's a real estate agent. And I, he's a, a freelance real estate agent. I guess, what are they called? Like a, a uh, resale? Unemployed. Uh, unemployed guy. <laughs> uh, someone who did not go to college. That's, that's terrible to <laughs> say, right? Ouch. No, yeah, sorry. we would never say I, such a thing. I didn't go to college, so if that means anything. Okay. I'm self-deprecating. So, uh, yeah, they, he uh, went out and found me a tenant within two weeks. And it was pretty easy because uh, my house was, my mom's an interior decorator. So my house was very... Nice. Nice. And a very nice. A very, women were very comfortable staying over. You still live with your mom, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't. But, no, no, but she seriously did help me uh, decorate it. So I think that, like, the staging of the house or the okay. condo, like, really helped me to get a tenant. So you're saying you staged it to get it rented? Yeah, well, I don't hear take it out. I've never heard yeah, that Well, before. I was still living in it, okay, so all I the see. furniture, I just kept it clean for two weeks. Okay. And I had a person in there every day. Oh, and I worked yeah. from home, so I just would drive, you know, when someone was coming over, I would just park my car down the block and just sit there and creepily watch them. Uh, and what did you awesome. pay, like, what do you pay, a, what do you pay a real estate agent to, to rent it out? Do you remember what the that The first cost? month's rent. Okay, okay. That was it. Okay, cool. And then did you manage yourself then going forward? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, You've been managing ever since. Yes. Okay. Now it's a new. It's a only a five. The place is only five years old. Yeah. So there's only been a few issues with what's happened to it. You know. Maintenance wise. Maintenance wise, yeah. Like the garbage yeah. disposal went, and when I say went, uh, you just have to push the little red button on the yeah. bottom and put <laughs> nice. the yeah. That took two seconds. Uh huh. And you know what's funny is I didn't realize that for the first, <laughs> I'm not even kidding, for the first five years of landlording, every time that happened, I replaced the garbage disposal. I didn't <laughs> no know there way. was a stupid little red button <laughs> yeah. on the bottom and that a, you just press to, to so, reset. I mean, yeah, I probably spent $1,000 on garbage disposals and probably like 20 hours worth just replacing garbage disposal. So, you know, anyway. and I'm not a handy guy either. Nice. So, I just Google everything. Oh, so, smart. I go on Google, there's a little Allen key that, like, he, he yep. put glass in it. So I just unshifted it. There was a, you know, yeah. and I was like, turned it on. It's nice. fine. Nice. Yeah. And like a couple of, you know, as far as maintenance, there's just a couple of things that uh, I was able to do. Like there was, uh, it started smelling really bad in the pantry closet. Was that because you were living there or? Uh, no, there was completely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right. asking. I'm a bachelor. I had no food. I had the ketchup bottle and the mustard bottle in the refrigerator. Nice. That was That nice. was like quintessential you see that on movies that yeah. was really my life you know what one, one of the things that you pointed out you said google right google is a real estate uh, mogul's dream it right? is. there's yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff and not necessarily google but youtube there's YouTube. a lot yes. of it could save you a lot of time and a lot of money oh, yeah. like i broke so many tools not going <laughs> to google or youtube to try to figure things out yep. and then you take two minutes and boom all you need is a five dollar tool to fix something exactly yep exactly. agreed agreed well, so i want to jump in here so you're telling us all this stuff that's kind of boring so let's get to the real <laughs> stuff that matters 
We want to know how much are you renting this place out? First of all, what'd you pay for the condo? Uh, one eighty. Paid one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and how much were you able to rent it out for? Thirteen fifty a month. Thirteen. Okay. So less than the one percent rule that everyone talks about, which which basically means the the monthly rent is one percent. The 1% rule says that it should be greater than 1% of whatever the uh, purchase price is. So 180 would rent for 1800 a month, right? So you're getting less than that. Oh, really? But that's all right. That's all right. Okay. So because it's brand new, you don't have a lot of maintenance stuff. Uh, right? I don't know. So the most important question is, though, do you get cash flow from this, or does it cost you money to own it every, every month? Uh, it costs me $125 to own it. Okay. Because so, okay. I pay the association. Okay. So, so now, ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening, this is why I continue to harp on not buying condos not buying anything in an HOA. Association fees can destroy an investment. Association fees, not only are these the regular fees that we're talking about, but the cool thing about condo associations is this. They like to come up with things that are called special assessments. The great thing about a special assessment is they can come up with one at any time, for any reason, for any price. So, hey, all of a sudden, you know what? We're not going to just have you paying $300 a month in HOA, but here's a $5,000 special assessment because we want to rebuild the roof on your building. Yep. Yeah, and that happens, especially it, like clearing out snow. Oh, yeah. That's oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. So condo investing is, is kind of dangerous in, in that you have a lot less control over those costs. Other costs are more predictable capital expense, uh, expenses and things like that are semi-predictable if, if you put the money in up front. But those kinds of fees can, can, can kind of be scary. I'm curious also, so today, do you think it's worth more than you paid for it or are you underwater? I'm underwater by, the last time I checked, $8,000. Okay. So here's what I like about you, right? So a lot of people have a choice. And I'm not, I'm not you know, ragging on people who, who choose one way versus another. And we're but not busting his chops. We are, but, you know, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not it. trying to pick on him about that. <laughs> I can that. absolutely take yeah. it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, what I like about you is that you could have just said, put your hands up in the air and said, I quit. I this walk is, away. Yeah, I walk sale, away. Screw this. Yeah, screw I'm this, done. right? But you didn't, right? Like, you, you're going to take $125 loss, sure. But I like to think that over time, that price will go up, hopefully. I'm not saying you should go out and buy a property. Do not bet on appreciation. Yeah, but the fact that you are making good on it and learning a heck of a lot in the process is awesome. Can I share a story real quick on what I did recently in March? Really, really quick. Okay, that was great. (laughs) Next guest. I I think I just did one breath. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell the story. Go. So anyway, uh, I was... Uh, subsidizing like two hundred and fifty dollars per month, okay, so okay. it's I've dropped it to one hundred and twenty-five just to, for the uh, HOA, and I refinanced in March, but uh, I had already paid five years into it, and I did a streamlined refinance, okay. dropped my interest rate from five point eight to four point five percent, and did not extend the term of my mor- mortgage. Awesome. Hey, hey, really quick, can you explain what a streamlined refinance is? From my understanding, a streamlined refinance is a way for them to come and uh, refinance your home without, you know, there's no closing cost fees. They don't come out and assess your home. They are do what? What do they, what do they call that? Uh, appraisal. Appraisal. That's yep. it. Yeah. Uh, so it was very uh, all just paperwork. It was all kind of done over a fax machine. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. Nice. And that's what I found. I mean, that's what I assumed it was. So I'm going to ask the question. The question is, you're bleeding money, not terribly, but you're bleeding money. Yeah. This property you've been holding on to, why, why are you still holding it? Why not just unload it, you know, take your licks and move on to the next one? Because I think it can make money. It's a new property, okay. and I think there is potential to make passive income from it at some point. But okay. c- could you then not 
sell it. Not, Are you? I mean, I'm, do you have any cash in the property left? No. Okay, so I'm underwater by eight you're grand. Still upside down. Yes. Okay. So you're gonna just hold on and wait it out. And uh, at least until yeah. My mom wants me to. <laughs> my mom's. With, <laughs> he does live with his by mom. The way. I'm telling you, I love my okay. mom, and he certainly loves his. So. My mom was my real estate agent <laughs> oh, when no. I when I bought the house. Okay. She, she worked for the company. Okay, and it, and it is a nice it's a nice property. She worked for a nice uh, builder. Uh, no longer works for the builder, but uh, yeah. So she wants me to sell it and walk away from it, and she also wanted me to refinance at thirty years. Yeah, and I I said no. I'm that's going to cost me an extra what thirteen thousand dollars a year or for the total price of the mortgage, and I and I saved eight thousand dollars by doing the streamlined refinance and only doing it for twenty five years. Yeah. Because I just took advantage of the lower interest rate. That's all I wanted. Yeah. You know? and, I mean, yeah, you got a great low interest rate now. And, and I like to think, yeah, like you will probably come out ahead because real estate is a very, very forgiving asset class, right? Like you can kind of screw up and you're paying a lot of money. But over the long run, I mean, you're paying off the mortgage as well. And uh, over the long run, I think you will do well from it. Now, and you learned a whole lot in this process that your next property will be a whole lot better if you buy another one. Uh, and, you know, the reason, I mean, you and I just met, I mean, we all met here, what, three days ago. And the reason that we wanted to have you on this show is because your story is the story of, like, millions, right, millions of Americans right. out there, right? And I love the fact that you, you used real estate investing to turn your story from, like, a tragedy into something that's going to be a positive thing someday. Yeah. And so there's not always just, you know, I don't know, I, I think this is a positive outlook that you did, and that was awesome. Thank you. And the other thing that's interesting about you is you're an accidental landlord. Yep. That's, I mean, that's what we call it, right? So you're a guy who lived in a place and you turned upside down and you're like, all right, well, how do I salvage this? I don't want to go and destroy my credit. I don't want to do all these things. I'm going to go and rent out the house and bring in some cash flow and, and basically do what I can to salvage it. Now, it's scary. You know, there's a lot of accidental landlords out there and, and the, the problem that I see is most of them are unprepared for what's to come. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's why we do the show. That's why we do what we do is because we want to help people like you to try and take your situation and can we take this and make it successful? You know, whether it's, hey, listen, I just got a job. I'm in the military. I bought a house. I got to move somewhere. Well, why would I sell it? Maybe I can make some extra money or whatever it is. So it, 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 it's pretty cool. So I, I know that I want to wish you a lot of luck. Thank you. I know it's, it's you know, I give you grief. Your mom's great. I haven't met her yet, but I'm sure she's awesome because you are too. Um, and um, we really do appreciate the story. Um, do you have any tips that you would give to somebody else who was in a similar situation to you? Uh, learn to do it yourself. Google's a great tool, like you yep. said, Romeo. And I think uh, just, yeah, going in and YouTube has a lot to offer. I was able to... Uh, watch a YouTube video install a garage door opener. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I didn't still can't do that. I didn't actually go through with it, but the video was very interesting, and it, went, it walked all the way through it. Nice. Right. Nice. Yeah. You can teach me then. We'll, yeah. We'll talk. I'll, I'll, just, I'll send you the, the link, yeah. yeah. So uh, I just think you should do it yourself. I, I don't think that you should hire a company. Now, I, I don't know if anyone has a special interest in this area, but uh, the middlemen sort of, uh, you know, there's companies that will handle the maintenance. You pay them a certain fee. Uh, property based manager. On, yeah, property manager. Yeah. yeah, I used to work for... Thank you for telling me the word property manager. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that thing, yeah. I, I would say, like, if you have one property, two properties even, try to do it yourself. But once you start moving up, I mean, I think, obviously, you would need something like that because yeah. there's a lot to handle. But yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Cool. We're going well, to come back and do our famous four for everybody at the end of the show. Yeah. So cool. Hang yeah. around, everyone. Listen to the end. But uh, And before we go on to Romeo, I'm real excited. we got Chris Guthrie in the crowd. Everybody give Chris Guthrie Woo! a round of applause. Chris All Guthrie. Right. Boost WP. Yeah. Woo-hoo! 
All right. He's a good buddy of ours. All right. All right. We're going to talk to uh, Romeo next. Romeo is from the great city. Are you from Detroit? Do you live there now? Or what born you and raised. I was born and raised in Detroit. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> right. Don't worry. All right. Well, it's a great city. <laughs> yes. I'm sure. Are you, you get, living there you still? You get real estate for like $1,000. Yeah. You know that, right? Is, is, that, is that a good idea? Uh, definitely not. Yeah. But if you want to get it started in real estate, $1,000, there you go. So I should go and buy a property for $1,000 because it's cheap? Are you trying to get me broke? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to experience, right? So experience $1, the pain there you of go. Detroit. Ab absolutely. Yeah, that's a bad idea, people. <laughs> Not that, like, if anybody here works for Detroit, for the city of Detroit... <laughs> Please they, they do wouldn't not be at shoot the financial me. blogger conference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they would not be here. All right, so, All right. so tell us about yourself. Yeah. I mean, what, why, how'd you get into a real estate? What, what did you get into? All right, so I really, I really believe in real estate, right? So just like Matt, I started in 2007. I, bur I purchased my first property, right? And so right in 2009 is when I had to leave the area where I purchased the property. And of course, in 2009, it wasn't a great time to sell your property. I yeah. tried, but at the time that I tried to sell the property... I was underwater by at least $30,000. So okay. I said, okay, well, what am I about to do? And I decided I wanted to rent the property out. Were you, because okay. you're in the military, right? Yep, I Were am. you serving at the time? I was. Serving so were time. you overseas or local? No, I was in uh, Kingsway, Georgia. Okay, so right. you, were, you were at least at a, at a distance from your, from your hometown. And when you, when you decided to get into this, you didn't actually do a property in Detroit. You did it in Charlotte, right? No, I... When I really got into the real estate, so my first property that I purchased was my primary residence in yeah. Kings Bay, Georgia. Okay. Right? And then after Kings Bay, Georgia. So that was the, the accidental landlord. Yeah, that was the Sorry. accidental okay. landlord, okay. right? And Another then you got one. into something else. Right? Absolutely. And then I got into something else, right? So after the Kings Bay, Georgia, for two years, I kicked myself. And then I said, you know what? I have to redeem myself. So nice. I purchased <laughs> this property, and that was $30,000 underwater. But I really believed in real estate as an asset class. So I start looking into what am I going to do next. Unfortunately, the next place I moved, I wanted to purchase a property there, but instead of purchasing a property there, I rent it. Okay. All right? So I rent it, took the time to learn more about real estate um, before I can get into it again. And then eventually, I moved from the next place. So I moved from Kings Bay, Georgia, and I went to, and I went to Connecticut, uh, New London area. And then from the New London area, I went to Charlotte. Nice. Okay. All right. So in Charlotte, I was Where's debating. Waldo? Yeah. So, say what? I said, where's Waldo? Where well, are you at next? Exactly. So, oh, well, right now I'm not in Charlotte. I so think it was like Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> I was thinking the wrong, you know, childhood exactly. thing. But, yeah. So in Charlotte, that's when I decided that I had, to, I had to decide whether I wanted to rent or whether I wanted to purchase the property again. And, of course, Charlotte is a booming area if, if no one knows about that. So I decided I was going to purchase a primary residence again in Charlotte. Okay. And I said, worst case scenario, I know all about this 1% rule. Worst case scenario, if I can't sell it this time, at least I'll be able to rent it and not be underwater. Yeah. So, so I want to ask really quick, on, again, on the accent on landlord thing. I mean, so for you, what was that experience like? I mean, that's, you know, hey, I got this house. I'm going to decide to rent it. What, what, what goes through your mind? What, you know, is there fear? Is there excitement? Talk about that. Your feelings. Your, your, your lady's you, you here. Want, you she really wants want, to hear you, you talk really about want your feelings. Me to talk about my feelings? Well, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I was sad, and I was sad, and really. Okay, okay. No, the reality of it is um, it was easy to rent my property where I'm at. All right? So many accidental real estate uh, landlords and military areas, um, 
they don't do all, they don't do too bad, um, relatively speaking. And, and I'm saying they will be able to find a renter. Yeah. Uh, however, they don't necessarily um, find a renter that's going to pay their full mortgage, but they'll find a, a renter nonetheless. To subsidize. Exactly. Partial. Okay. So that's kind of what I did. So I said I just went the property manager route. I did um, get, go with a property manager that only charged 8% okay. of, the, uh, of the rent that was brought in, so it wasn't uh, too bad. I started off, and I was about $250 underwater. And, okay. of course, okay. like Matt said, later on I did a heart refinance, and that got me to the point where I was only fifty dollars underwater. Okay. So, okay. so you at this point do you at this point do you have you have one or two at this point? That's just your first, right? At which point? That like uh, right now? Yeah. Well, at, at that point in Charlotte. That at you, that point, that was my. And no, that was in Kings Bay. Okay, that's right. That was right. in Kings Bay. Okay. Exactly. And right. then you moved to Charlotte. Do you buy one in Charlotte as well? I did, and I okay. bought one in Charlotte. So I that can't was keep my up. second. Yeah, you live there. You rent in. You rented the other one out. Yes, I did. With a property manager, okay. And, yes. and what was that like? I mean, those two aren't near each other, right? I mean, those are that's nope, there's okay. not. So, what's that like owning a rental property far away from where you're at? Because I've never done that. Right. So again, so that's when I actually recommend a property manager. So if you can, if you are in the same area of that home, then it's great because you can go and check on it as, as long as you give your tenants heads up. You can go in there and you check. You can do pro- projects yourself when things um, occur. But I had to rely on my property manager. Gotcha. So my attitude was as long as my rent was getting paid and I was seeing my, my rent and my checking account, then, then I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Right, so was that a good idea? Actually, you need it, more? it turned out not to be a good idea. Okay. All right. So let's talk about that because that's you know, one of the things that I like to rant and rave about. And a lot of people think, hey, we're, I'm going to get a property manager. And you know, as long as I get the rent paid, we're good to go. Um, so um, really quickly... Talk about what what else do you need besides just the rent getting paid? I mean, because other what, stuff can happen, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I think one of the things that you can do to leverage the fact that you have a property manager is actually have someone, um, maybe a friend. If you can't get to the area, have a friend that you trust. Go and check on a property through your property manager. And at least twice a year, Go check on your property to make sure your property manager is doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. And and the key, <clears throat> and this is Brandon's wife calling, by oh, the way. Nice. Live on the air. Come on, pick should up. Should I answer it? You should answer it. No, she is Brandon's it. property manager. She is my property manager. So that okay, might be a maintenance right request. Hold we're on. Do it. Put her on speakerphone. Hello? Put her on speakerphone. Hey, guess what I'm doing right now? On speakerphone. <laughs> I'm Honey, podcasting. I'm home. Yeah. But we can't hear her. Yeah, uh, you can't hear Heather, so no. uh, I will call you back later. All right, so <laughs> Honey. While, well, while he's doing this, on the property uh, management you. thing, guys, the it, a lot of problems can happen if, if you're not taking the time and energy to manage the manager, and you're not taking the time and energy to really fully vet and interview these guys. And I think that's where a lot of, I know that's where I messed up on several occasions you know, you want to be sure, you want to be careful, you want to know that they have good references from other investors, that, you know, they're, they're doing their jobs. And absolutely what Romeo's saying is, is awesome, you know, finding some way to check on them, even the good ones, to make sure that they're doing everything that you want absolutely. to. Absolutely. So re- I, want, I want to turn it really quick and go to the flip. Yeah, you right. did a flip, right? I did. All I right, did let's hear about that. All right, so uh, the flip happened pretty quickly. So I already had... The rental property in Kings Bay, Georgia, 
I had the primary residence that I was living in in Charlotte. Okay. And I'm one of those guys that get bored. <laughs> right? Me too. And I'm bored, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I want something to do. And I went outside one day, talked to one of my neighbors, and we were just looking at the, the subdivision that I was living in, and we were just discussing about how many, uh, how many different properties were available. So this was actually this year, 2014. Okay. okay. All right. And so um, I learned, he actually had some real estate books for me, and I read through those books really quickly, and I went through the MLS, and I said, you know what? I'm going to find me a property, and I'm just going to flip it because I never did it before. Nice. Right? And, of course, I said I needed to redeem myself for the $30,000 of underwater that I was in in Kings Bay. So what I did is I went on the MLS, found a property, all right, through auction.com. Uh, oh, nice. All right. So I don't know if you guys dealt with auction.com or not. I have not yet. What they do is they, they list a bunch of foreclosures right, in your area. I found one that I thought that was interesting to me. Um, the listed price was $86,000. Right? Okay. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to lose? So I drove downtown Charlotte to the courthouse, and I was expecting that it was going to be a lot of people there looking for properties or looking for the same property that I was looking at. And so come to find out, there was no one there bidding on this property. So you were bidding against yourself. I was bidding against myself. Nice. Okay. So their rules is that you have to bid $50 more than their listing bid price. Okay. So that's what I did. So and you got it. So, yeah, 10 days waiting, waiting period. And after 10 days, I got the property for $86,000. That's right. awesome. That's awesome. So what, what, it's, you got this $86,000 property. Right. You've never flipped a house before. Never. What, I mean, what are you thinking? You haven't seen, you haven't been inside the property. I, I haven't. You've never, I wasn't like, in on an auction wow. property, wow. You, you don't get to see the inside. You don't get to walk that's in That's the thing. excitement of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you never know. It's like Christmas. There Woo! might be a newborn baby there. Who, or, who or knows? something else. <laughs> Dead or bodies. something else. <laughs> All right, so what did you do? I mean, you walked in the house. Did, did, did you fix it up yourself? Or what, what did it look like, I should ask first? You know what? So when I went in, um, it wasn't too bad. So... What I was expecting for $86,000 was a three-bedroom, two-bath home. But when I actually went in there and walked through, it turned out it was a five-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home. Nice. nice. Yeah, so I'm like, School. it is Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, jackpot. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. Um, and so I realized that after, after the initial walkthrough, it was just cosmetic. Right? So the carpet was messed up, needed some paint, and then it was trash, so we needed to trash out. Okay. All right, so my thought process was actually to call around, get some contractors, do some bids or things like that. Um, but I ended up uh, finding someone that does a turnkey rental, uh, turnkey rentals and contracting and things like that. And they helped me out greatly. All right, so it was uh, Ideal Investing in Charlotte. And so they told me that they can just do everything, and all I had to say is go. Really? Exactly. Really? So they did all the work, all the contractors, all the they handled everything? Everything. Nice. What did that cost? I mean, did they just bid a big price, or how did you pay for that? I mean, like, how No, they actually, they only charged me 1500 bucks To manage? To, 15, manage. to manage it. 1500 okay. bucks to manage it. Like a flat annual fee, or what was that? No, that was just no, a one-time, 1500 bucks right. to okay. manage the flip. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. That's right. cool. Okay, so they managed... So they managed the entire rehab for you for fifteen hundred bucks. That's awesome. That's right. And I want uh, to find that company. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's bad. And then the re and the rehab cost uh, turned out to be about fourteen thousand. Okay, so you you bought it for eighty six. Yep. 
and you got about 14000 into it, plus the fees and closing costs, right? Yes. Do you know what you have total ended at the end? He's got the computer. Bust yeah, it I got open. the computer. Let's do Let's it. See. So total went in. Um, it's loading, loading. <laughs> no, a, that would be a PC. I got it. Here we go. So total went in. I know what happened is I ended up uh, listing the home for one fifty two nine. Okay. And I ended up selling it for one forty six. Wow. Nice. So the acquisition cost for was one hundred and four thousand. What about your whole? How long did it take to to do the whole flip? Oh, so. I purchased, I closed, I closed on the house 13 May, okay? That's when I first purchased, purchased it. The, the rehab began on the 17th of May. The rehab was completed on the 5th of June, so it's about 10 days. Wow. That's quick. Right? And so we listed the house on 30 May, so five days before the rehab was actually, the final walkthrough happened. Okay. And we contracted on the house on the 9th of June. Wow. So it was listed for four days. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Sorry. That's amazing. And, and you like for, for everybody listening who's unfamiliar, flips typically don't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, really, you, you need to plan for these things. It sounds like everything probably went right, uh, Romeo. But, but, you know, in, in many and I'd say probably most cases, they don't. Well, actually, it was, a, it was a cash offer, so I think that's what made the difference. Yeah. Right, so typically, when you do a flip, you're, you're doing a flip so that someone can move in it as a primary residence. But even um, dealing with ideal, ideal Realty, the, the guys that manage my flip, they have a whole a host of investors that they deal with. And so they went ahead and, and, and put it out into their network, and someone came in and offered cash for it. That's awesome. So, yeah, great. Okay, so you said you had 104 into it. You sold it for 146. So you made, uh, what's that, 30-something? I made about $34,000. So that Not was, bad. right. And um, I put my own money in it, right, of course, to, yep. to acquire the flip, about 39. But still, profit was about $34,000. Man, that's awesome. So Congratulations. If you, if you do Thank one you. of those a month <laughs> at 30000 somebody do the math, that's uh, not a bad year. Yeah. So, do you have any, like, before we move on, do you have any good tips, I mean, like, for other people looking to get into their first flip? I mean, what do you recommend people do that, you, that maybe you did or you didn't do right? All right? I guess I recommend people research it, right? So that you can never learn um, enough about this. And, of course, Bigger Pockets have a great forum for that. They have great... We did uh, not pay him for that. <laughs> no, you, you didn't, right? And you also have that great guide, right? Say, the, the, what is it, the, the ultimate guide of flipping books? The book on flipping houses? Exactly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right? So make sure you go through that and then just, just take action. Just go for it. But before you do that, of course, make sure you have enough capital yeah. so that if something goes wrong, hey, it was a risk worth taking. Yeah. yeah. And reserves. Yeah, I mean, I you, you know... There's a lot of people who think, hey, I want to go flip a house, and I got nothing in my pocket. What do I do? You know what? I'm going to do it anyway. That's right. <laughs> and so what <laughs> happens? Done that like 20 times. It's, uh, hey, you may get scary. lucky. You never know. Yeah, yeah it's well, scary. it happens, but you, could, you run out of cash. You run out of cash, and it's very scary. Yeah. Problems. Problems. So cool. Right on, right. man. Well, very interesting stuff. Thank you for sharing that with us. Hey, and, no problem. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, 
we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my nine-to-five job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com slash bp. pinefinancialgroup.com slash bp. 
move on. Move on to our last uh, of the newbie podcast. And this, this guy is actually a little bit interesting because he started real estate investing in a totally different way than anybody else we've had on the show. And I love this story. And, oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's why we want to have So this is Casey uh, from uh, the Rochester area, right? Yeah, Rochester right, New area. York. All right, well, tell us about yourself. Uh, how'd you get into this and, uh, and what'd you do? All right, well... Uh, yeah, I I did well with some in, internet commerce businesses, so I had money. Oh, can you hear that? All right. So I did well with some internet commerce businesses, and I had some money. I reached a point where I saw I needed to diversify and, you know, kind of round it out a little bit. So I started looking at real estate. Um, I actually, I follow bigger pockets, of course. Nice. I mean, nice. as we all do. I do pay him, by the way, for that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, went in the forums a lot, and... I was looking at lots of real estate, lots of properties, but I kind of wanted to jump into the higher, I didn't want to be managing a lot of single units and stuff like that. So I was looking at like 24 units. Uh, I, was, I looked at a few that were up towards 50 units, nothing really higher than that. But I kept looking through the whole upstate New York area. Um, and upstate New York is, in, in terms of like price-wise, I mean, we're, we're not quite Detroit, but it's, it's Rust Belt-ish, yeah? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's definitely a cheaper market. Yeah, okay. Cheaper yeah. than Detroit? Yeah, well, not cheaper than Detroit. You can't get a house for $1,000 yeah, yeah, in Rochester. Seriously. Well, so I looked for probably four years before I actually made my first purchase. Wow. Um, and it was kind of a... I, there were several that honestly slipped through my fingers that I should have grabbed looking back at it. But and actually, the very first place I looked at, I should have gotten. It was an amazing deal. But I just I was too new, and I had no idea what I was looking at yet. So, yeah. so. And I think that's wise, right? I mean, like, you may have missed a good deal, but given the alternative, if it wasn't yeah. a good deal, you wouldn't have necessarily known it, and you would have bought a bad deal, and that's, that's just bad all around, right? Exactly. So it's exactly. better to buy no deal than a bad deal, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, w- I would have been sick, I think, even if I, yeah. even, because I just didn't know anything. Yeah. So I eventually bought my first, was a 24 unit. Okay. Um, it was 1.4 million. Wow. And uh, it has, it's good. It's, I don't know, I'm not the amazing I don't know. There's guys out there who do real estate deals all the time, and they find the amazing deals. This was more of a, you know, I was able to identify that they were, you know, they were inflating the price a little bit by not listing management fees and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I was able to look at it because they were saying originally, oh, this is a 14 cap. And, you know, this is amazing. And I was able to, you know, after all the, all the stuff I looked through, I just kind of knew. I'm like, all right, you're not including management. You're not including, you know, snow plowing. You're not including anything, you know. You're all you're doing everything yourself and saying that you have a 14 cap with a full time job basically. And you know this is a problem with I mean like on the on the webinar that I do every week for Bigger Pockets I always talk about this. It's one of the biggest mistakes people make in, in buying is they don't I mean and you didn't make it right. Yeah. But the mistake is they believe the the pro forma which yeah. is the document the sales document exactly. right. They're like oh I'm gonna believe exactly what the broker and and I'm not saying that brokers lie but brokers are big fat liars and so <laughs> trust but verify. <laughs> yeah trust exactly. but verify right. So I, I I just want to commend you for that. Good job yeah. on yeah. So well, anyway, I've been looking going. for four years, and of course, yeah. you know, following the forums and reading books and stuff like that. So you just, you know. So eventually, I, I got to a point, and I, I talked to him. I talked him down. I, I think they were originally asking, like, I think 1.6 or something like that. So I didn't talk him down tremendously. Uh, so I got it for $1.4 million, and it's been one where it's, I mean, it's not like a cash cow. It's like in an A neighborhood, you know, great neighborhood. So it's one that I'm not going to get a big return on. But, you know, it covers its expenses, and it's a nice – it's paying down its mortgage. So, so l- l- let, me, let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, so four years is not an insignificant number. A lot of people 
yeah. got to year one, year two, year three, they're out of this business. Yeah. So right. to, to have the fortitude to kind of stick it out, my question is, were you screening deals over those four years, or were you just kind of afraid to pull the trigger? I, well, I was screening deals. Well, I was afraid at first. I mean, honestly, the first year was more fear trying to figure it out. Okay. But, but also, when you're looking at deals that are more, like, I think my minimum I was looking at was like a 20 unit up to a 50 unit. And there's not a million of those deals out there. So, you know, I was looking at every, you know, every year, maybe eight deals a year kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm looking, but there's no, more, there's not any more than that. That's pretty much it. Do you, where did you, where were you looking? I mean, was this MLS? Was this LoopNet? Um, LoopNet, I started getting in touch with a lot of, uh, with some realtors and stuff like that. I started floating my name out there to people. This property actually was listed with a, uh, with a realtor. Okay. And, nice. uh, it, they didn't ever, ever listed on LoopNet. Yep. And, uh, I think he actually floated it to me because of, he knew I was looking, and he eventually got it over to me. Nice. All right, so so you, you buy this property. Yeah. Was it fully rented? What was the occupancy? Um, it's 100% rented. It's always been. I mean, it's in That's a awesome. great neighborhood. I honestly could probably raise rent. So it was fully rented when you purchased yes. it? Yes. Okay, so one of the cool things about commercial properties, for those people who don't know, is something called forced depreciation. So you could actually increase the value of a property. Un unlike a, a residential company, zero to one to four units, that's, that's going to be appraised based upon comps. A commercial property is going to be valued based upon um, occupancy, based on total rent col collected, based on, not actual occupancy, but what, what you're bringing in. So the nice thing about a commercial property, if you could purchase a 24-unit that's got 13 units rented, you're going to pay a heck of a lot less than for a 24-unit that's got all 24 rented. Yeah. Um, but that said, so now you've got this 24-unit, you got rents coming in. Yeah. Did you put any money into the uh, to the upfront maintenance of the property? Any capex to, to improve it? I, I did a little bit. Well, and actually, I should correct that. Where it was twenty three units when I first got it, but they had they had a uh, a maintenance shed that had full water hookup and everything, and so I turned it into a twenty four. Okay. Um, and and that was really the only improvement I did. That was a pretty pristine. You know, managed by a guy who was doing it all himself. Um, he'd been he'd owned it for thirty years, and he was just retiring. Now, nice. So, do you manage your? You don't manage it yourself, right? No, do I don't. You, uh, you I don't. hire a property manager. Yeah, they how, do all of it. How has that been for you? You it's, know, like it's been great. It's been great. They uh, it's a husband wife couple, and okay. uh, she kind of does all the rent and stuff. He takes care of the upkeep of everything around there. I mean, he plows it, mows it. Do they, do they live, live in one like, of the units? They actually live in one of the units, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so it's not like a management company. It's like a resident manager that exactly. lives there for you. Exactly. That's cool. That's Are cool. you giving them free rent? Yeah, they get, they get free rent and uh, I, 500 a month or something like that, and they take care of it all for me. That's now, awesome. I've had str I mean, I've really struggled. I've had four resident managers, and I've had e problems with every one. So do you have any yeah. advice for me? Don't hire the drunk. <laughs> Don't hire the drunk. That's good. Well, and they had actually been there when I when I first got it. So okay. they'd been there forever, and it was. I mean, they're a great. The, the husband's actually a cop, so I was happy for that. That might help. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And, no, uh, keeping crime down is exactly. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. awesome. Now that's not the only problem. I mean, you bought another. You bought even more after that, right? Yeah. Bigger. So about a year and a half, close to two years later, I bought a thirty-two unit. Wow. And that one was a better deal. Um, it was another probably a B-plus neighborhood, you know, not quite A, but good working-class neighborhood. No, this is the one you got a smoking good deal on, right? No, no, this isn't or a... Or is this not... 
No, no, I had, so I bought a house for a smoking good deal. Okay. If you want to hear about that. <laughs> all right, okay. All right. But, uh, but yeah, the 32 unit was one where it was, I mean, it was, it was, the rent was a little bit less. It was, uh, it was still in a great area, but I got, got that one for 1.32 million. Okay. And, uh, and it was, it's been a pretty good one. That, that one doesn't have like a resident property, but I actually have a friend nearby who, him and his wife manage it all for me. Oh, that's so great. I don't do anything with that. Well, it's very cool. That's very cool. I, I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, so, you know, your company was doing well. Did you pay cash for these or did you finance them? I financed them. You financed, I financed them. both of them. Okay. And I think 25% down on the first one. And I, I think I had to go in higher on the second one because they were looking at my numbers and saying I'm leveraging a little bit more. So. I think they end up going like 30, 35% down on the second one. So what's it like getting a, a loan on a commercial property? Getting a loan on a, on a residential property is, it can be difficult, but getting a loan on a commercial property is a whole nother ball game, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's that much harder or not. I guess it's, it definitely, <laughs> there was more stuff involved than I guess a regular house mortgage, but it was, it really wasn't that bad for me. I, I did, I think I went to like five different companies trying okay. to get a good rate. Okay. And uh, and it it worked out well. It was, I was in an interesting bracket too, where as far as commercial loans go, because if I had gone a little bit higher, I could have gotten some amazing government type stuff, and I just barely fell short of that. But okay. it was still good. Cool. Nice. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. I, I love to hear that story. I mean, because you know, I want to get into larger and larger units, so yeah. it's cool to hear you. And I love that you started that way. Again, that's why I wanted you on, because yeah, I, I think people think you have to start with a you know, a condo or a single family house or something, but you don't have to. I mean, if you can afford it, if you have the money, if you've been successful in other areas, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, so, that but, and I, I look at you though, and you've done so many deals. I mean, how many deals have you done, Brandon? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, you're, you're hundreds <laughs> when almost. When you can't no, count I don't anymore. Think hundreds, not like, hundreds. Like, you're like the deal man. <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I look at it, if I really wanted to make a lot of money in real estate, it's like, you got to start with the deals. You got to start small and work your way up. And that's how, I mean, that's how people get humongous. Yep. Whereas my strategy is more of just rounding out my portfolio. Well, yeah, like, it's, it's not wealth creation, it's wealth preservation, Exactly. Right? And exactly. I, I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, if yeah. you can build wealth, I mean, honestly, you're probably going to build more wealth in a business that you own, that you run, yeah. than you would in real estate. Unless you're flipping houses, and that's a business in itself, or wholesaling or something. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you have the money, I think real estate is an amazing wealth uh, preservation, as well as it is uh, in uh, accumulating wealth. So. And, and the nice thing here is, I mean, first off, all these stories are different obviously, but, you know, we, we're, we all have a different strategy. And, and I think what a lot of newbie real estate investors think, you know, or, or even folks who, you know, have, have just kind of been around a little bit but don't necessarily know the direction that they're going in is realist, there, there's niches, there's strategies. What works for one guy right. isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. Yeah. You know, it, this is dependent upon your age, your risk tolerance, how much money you've got in the bank. You know, you go and you ask somebody, hey, what should I do as a real estate investor? If somebody tells you, well, you got to do this, this is the path, please do not give them a dollar, first of all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, listen and then, and then think about what else there is because there's a lot going on. There's so many ways that you can go, and it's all going to be dependent upon you. Uh, so there really is not a single place to go, a single path for anyone to take. And, I, and, and we like to harp on that for people. You know, find your own path, figure it out, and, and do what works for you. And, and listen, if that first deal doesn't work or if it's not going in the right way, try and pivot and, and look at other directions to go. So 
This is this is really good. Um, let's we get we got to kind of wrap this thing up before we go. We've got our world famous famous four. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while because we, we have, have the, not. Yeah, we usually have the uh, recording that does we, that. We've but got like whatever. this. This is the famous four, and it's yeah. grenades and all sorts of craziness. <laughs> but we used yeah. to do that. So all right, so we're gonna. I, ask I didn't you see guys. where your hands were while you guys were making that high pitched sound. Yeah, now I you can actually see us. <laughs> doing it disappeared it. for a second. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what happened. Don't worry about it. That was really <laughs> awkward. All right, keep going. It. All right, so we're gonna ask. <laughs> All right, we're going to ask. We're actually going to shorten the Famous Four, uh, I think, because we got to get off stage here. But uh, we're going to actually ask just two questions to you. So it's the Famous Two, I guess. And that is, do you have any good book recommendations? Could be real estate, could be business, whatever. And then where can people find out more about you? So why don't we start with Matt down here, who we heard from first. Uh, so you want a good book recommendation first? Book recommendation, Business yeah. or real estate. And where can people find you? Business or real estate. Well, I haven't read r many real estate books, obviously, from my situation. Uh, so Clearly. I'd say, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, but <laughs> I think business book, I would have to say, like everyone else, 4-Hour Workweek. I okay. mean, that was like kind of the start for me. Wow. Yeah, we'll page you on, Josh. Like. Huh? I have you, I'll have everyone know here that 4-Hour Workweek, Josh brought it with to New Orleans to read on the plane, and then he just didn't read any of it. You so haven't really read it yet? <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's like let's, 10 years old. Let's clarify. Okay, I got on the plane, and you sat next to me, um, that's, that's and then true. you just kept talking, <laughs> and talking, and talking. I think we were talking, conversing. Sounds like, that's sounds the like me. No, I, I, yeah. I can yeah. commiserate. Yeah, yeah. so I, uh, uh, I am not, yeah. not quite done with that Yeah, book you'll yet. get there. Yeah. All right, where can people find you? And where can they find you? Uh, ListenMoneyMatters.com. It's a podcast, and it's a website to talk about personal finance and all things money. Awesome. 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 All cool. right. Romeo. All right. Book, and then where can people find more about you? Right. Of, of course. Uh, let me see. Real estate book, I would say uh, the, mil the Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Okay. I know people recommend that a lot. Like Gary Keller, about, I think. Yes. You wrote that yet? It is. But if you're talking about just a straight business book, then I would recommend The Wealth Number. Right. Wealth, wealth number. number. Okay. Yeah. What, what's mean, that about? Heard of the, wealth heard number? Of the wealth number. Right. Well, it's my book. Oh. oh. <laughs> Too far. Bum bum. Nice. Of course. Well, that's where people can find more about you. You have a website. Exactly. So the website is actually thewealthnumber.com. All right. So you do realize you're not supposed to plug your own book, but whatever. You broke the rules. <laughs> hey, hey. Rules are meant to be broken. Let's go to the next guy. <laughs> JC. All right. A well, book. of course, the wealth number. Um, <laughs> in a great book. Wait, aren't you? You have well, a. You've sure. got a quote on the cover, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Romeo. He wrote the uh, foreword. Is yeah. an amazing author, and this book is fantastic. From yes. Josh. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Well, well done. Well, All right. Once Casey. you're done with the wealth number, of course, then you move on to the bigger pockets forums because who needs a book after that, uh, right? Oh, that's I, nice. uh, Come on. I get, are you guys gonna both send both your? Be sure to send both your checks to my house. Right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> we nice. All right. And then uh, I don't know. I really like the E Myth. I think the E Myth was one that. That was good for me and my. I mean, e-commerce business is what how I made about a lot of money. So, cool. I like the e-myth. Awesome. Great, great. Where can people find you? Uh, Casey over at Gen Gen X Finance. GenXFinance.com. Cool. Yes. All right, guys. This was great. This was our first live show. The first time I've actually gotten to record next to Brandon. Amazing. Amazing. We didn't punch each other in the face. Yeah, I thought something smelled over here. But um. Wow. Wait. Right. All right. <laughs> well, I'm Josh Dorkin. Signing off. All right, guys, that was show 90 of the Bigger Pockets podcast coming to you live from New Orleans. God, those beignets were good, man. Those were good. Those were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really... got a recipe. I got a recipe to make them at home. So, did you buy the box, like the, the no, powder box? I didn't, but I bought a postcard that had the recipe on it and I sent it to my wife. 
Oh, nice. Subtle, nice. I w- subtle hint to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was going to buy some at the airport, but uh, yep. I don't know. Well, anyway, guys, listen, hopefully you guys like that. We, we, we wanted to mix it up a little bit and try something new, and hopefully the live in-person show worked for you. Um, but uh, if not, go back and listen to the other 89 shows that we've got <laughs> that weren't live, and, and, and there you go. But uh, anyway, just want to thank everybody for listening. We really appreciate it, as always. And, uh, of course, uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, G+, LinkedIn, Pinterest, all over the place. If you don't already have an account on Pockets, please sign up today. Get involved and get to hang out and meet lots of great people like our three guests. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, check us out on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 90. Ask any questions you've got there. And... Well, uh, we'll see you next week with show 91. Thanks for paying attention. Thanks for being a part and uh, good luck to you guys. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming small multifamily boot camp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the small multifamily bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.